My name is Jack Oatway. And I'm Jay Oatway. And we welcome you back to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun. We are the father-son podcast talking about Dungeon Dragons 5th edition. The world's hardest role-playing game. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I, I try to try to bring some of the uh, old school, hey, we used to do it this way. And then Jack will be like, no, man, like I'm woke and we don't get to do that anymore because, you know, reasons. Well, yeah, I mean, he'll say something like blatantly like, Mm-mm, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, kind of problematic. Um, and if it weren't for this podcast, no one else would know, which is yeah. why I'm really recording it yeah, to exactly. incriminate my father just, just so years that, down the line. You know, I, I get taught valuable lessons week after week on how to be just a better, better human being, better human really, beings, just treating um, each other better through Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but, you know, what isn't treating me better is a spell called silvery barbs and that's all another discussion but that's not what we're talking about today well we might so strict saving is out so we're definitely going to be talking uh about it and first impressions one of the biggest things uh that we get from strict saving well we get a lot of things i was gonna say the biggest thing is the feats the but feats, it may not be the one feat. the other thing there's three i think is there th- no I think you were two. saying to me though that they don't some of them don't count but i think they all count feats are an interesting part of the game I think some people, I think some games you don't get to use feats very much or enough because when you're confronted by the ASI problem, okay, so setting aside for mm. a second that you take, that you're not taking variant human or uh, a custom lineage and you're thinking, okay, I, uh, I get to level four, what am I going to do? Am I going to take my feet or am I going to take my ASI bump? For most players, especially if you're an optimizer, it's almost always better to be taking that two point bump on your primary ability score. Mm. It just works out better for most dice rolls at the table that you're going to do better than than a feat. Yeah. Uh, you might take a feat if it includes a plus one bump to a stat that you've got sitting at an odd number that you wanted to round up plus sure. get some other stuff out of it. Those often kind of show up in places. But you know, for a lot of us, you know, we look at the feats and they're there's a ton of them. Yeah. But there's a ton we'll never pick because True. their value versus an ASI, like a proper ability score bump, uh, just, it's just not there. Mm-hmm. And, and to that end, it's a bit sad. There's all these sort of like forgotten toys, you know, lost land of lost toys yeah. that nobody's ever playing with. And I think that's a real shame, an absolute shame. Uh, you know, go out there, folks, uh, DMs, or even players, you know, band together and yeah. confront your dungeon master. <laughs> okay, well, unionize, unionize, and say, you know, we ain't we ain't gonna play. We're not gonna we're not gonna roll a single damn dice until you less, give us all feats. Until you give us more feats. And I think as and a du- you don't mean master, like a Zorn, which has like four arms and four feats, Earth Elemental no, that not, crawls around. Not those That's feats, not, not those. Feats. No, with the A, the feet, like the word feature type feet. Um, and yeah, and just sort of say, okay, yeah everybody can choose another feat when they start. And if you're taking varied human or whatever, that would mean you get two to start with. Um, and I think that would kind of help round out your characters a little bit more. I might even then say when you get to like level eight, 
you could choose another one so you get to do both a stat bump and a feat sort of mid-tier like that to even round your character out even more because otherwise frankly again we've talked about this before seldom does your campaign allow you to run a character all the way to level 20 it scheduling demon will get you before then let's let's see our characters get rounded out and be super cool i almost started thinking we gotta make superheroes by like level 10 who can take on cr20 creatures because we're never gonna see them otherwise um and but i don't think many of these things actually make you that super powered um i've got a character build right now i'm looking at trying to do a rogue who's got uh sort of two weapon fighting is the idea and here's an interesting little tip folks i know many of you don't read into you know the the stat the features that all the different races get um but if you do look at the one that Tritons, and I know a lot of us have just dismissed Tritons because you're thinking, I'm not playing an underwater campaign. Why would I play this? I was thinking just being, you know, the ironic weird guy that I am. Sure. In our next desert campaign, I should play a Triton because right. that makes perfect sense to put a fish in the <laughs> desert. Like a fish out of water. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. They have this great thing though, as a rogue particularly, they get as a racial ability they can produce a fog cloud around them and then if you take one level dip in fighter pick up blind fighting suddenly you're just like stabby mcstab then take swashbuckler and you can like bounce around inside a fog cloud full of enemies just stabbing like crazy yeah um and yes you can only do sneak attack once per turn but if you kind of set yourself up just right if those baddies move past you in the fog cloud as your reaction, you can stab them and get sneak attack again. Can you? I, you I've can. Always, I've always... It's once per turn. Is it? So if it's not once per round. So sure. in theory, you can get it twice per round if you use your reaction to stab people. Fun yeah, times, right? Bad. And with two weapon fighting, if you miss on that first stab, guess what? Second one. Well, not with a reaction. But... No, but your offhand attack true, can still, true. if you have yet to deliver it, Very you can deliver it then. So that kind of a fun idea. Anyways, then I started thinking, oh, well, what are all the cool feats that you want if you're a two-weapon fighter, right? Because there's there's some, right? There's definitely some. Dual wielder comes up, you know, it it basically just says, hey, you're a two-weapon fighter. You want this one. You drop both your weapons at once. You get a plus one AC bonus. So basically like half shield for your other weapon instead of parrying and doing stuff. That's all fun. And you can eventually, if you want to move up in the world, although this does affect your sneak attack, you could wield heavier weapons. Um, True. They got got to stay finessed. If they don't have finesse properties, you can't drop the sneak sneak attack on it. But if you wanted to, again, if you're trying to do more of a fighter rogue blend, maybe at some point, if you're leaning into your fighter a little bit more, there might be a certain situation where, Hmm. you know, attacking twice with long swords would be fun especially if they become magical long swords. who knows what the game's going to give you yeah so you know it opens up some stuff so dual, dual wielder sounds great but does it sound as great as it plus two to my dexterity hmm i don't know um it's a tough call like i like it for the flavor but you know the does the ac bonus outweigh or drawing both weapons at once i yeah. think that's worth it alone yeah kind of kind that of is, is in a way it. um so yeah, so that's definitely one that I would love very much to be able to get my hands on. Mm. Um, but it's not the only one. 
Because the other thing that is kind of missing, um, because I took blind fighting, I was kind of thinking, hey, you know, it'd be great if I could also take another fighting style. Right. What, you know what? There's, There's a feat for that. Fighting, sure. yeah. And pick up two weapon fighting, which is then fun because you get to add your like damage yeah. bonuses to it. That not as cool to do. I know it's kind of low down on my list of like priorities, right? Mm. And even this whole idea of taking fighting initiative, I don't know how many people ever would, frankly. I mean, isn't one level dip in fighter better than taking fighting? Well, I mean, I guess. I mean, that's the question, right? I mean, if you want to keep progressing with the class you're in, then you'd obviously take the feat fighting initiate rather than the actual fighter class because then you're slowing your progress in the other one. Well, um, the other thing is just a prereq on fighting initiate that you already have to have proficiency with a martial weapon. Yeah. Which probably means you're going to be a fighting martial class of some sort anyways. Sure. I mean, How many classes? Hmm, that's you know, there is some that wouldn't be able to get it. Like, Yeah, not even rogues would be able to take it. Yeah, so kind of a like bummer. Barbarians get it. Some bards would get it. Yeah, so, you know, there's... There's just a number of them here that I sort of feel would be kind of cool to take if you could, if you could just say, okay, and actually we've, we talked about this. What if we did it? What if we, as a DM, started to look at backgrounds instead of backgrounds? Yeah. That you pick up a couple more skills and maybe a language or something. Tools and some tools. Some equipment. And I think people do that, but they... You know, I feel often that the DM, you know, that doesn't look so closely at a player's background feature or treat it as if it's, you know, super good. Sure. Um, and I think it should be, that should change. What if all the background features became feats? And what if all the feats could become, could be swapped in as background features? <laughs> and what if you got not one, but two of them or something? Like, I don't well, know. Like, hold on. <laughs> I, well, exactly. You say, hold on. None of this is going to break the game. All of this is sure. just going to add extra layers and dimension and a bit more, yeah. and a bit more crunch. I think those sorts of things mm. are left out for level one basic players who are starting the game because it's complexity that you don't need if you're teaching the game. Yeah, I mean... It's true. Like, say you have a, um, a bunch of people who are more experienced, for example. Giving them this fixes almost that concern which many people have, which is that D&D is not customizable enough. I don't get. Like, I, there's, it's limiting. There's not that many class, subclass options. There's not that many things I can do to customize myself. Like, previous editions, there are so many feats. There's so many everything I could, like, make us super special. And same with Pathfinder. Like, People say the advantage of, as of Pathfinder is that it's more customizable for players, um, although more hard work for DMs, right? Um, where doing this at the gate is like, okay, two free feats for your character as a part of your background. Justify it to me. Make it a part of your character. Yeah. Boom. Suddenly everyone, no one's on a different power level from anyone else, and everyone out the gate is feeling like they've got a pretty defined like style on what they want to do and how they want to fight or how they want to act in in be present and Absolutely. these things as well. And because there's yeah. some there's some things in here like like medium armor master. Like oh, I mean kind of a could be kind of neat, but priority-wise way down the list of things. Mm. Um or even being able to pick up something like, you know, uh like lightly armored is kind of a funny one, right? Like there's a number of spellcasters out there who might be like, you know what? That'd be fun. Hmm. You know, get me some studded leather. Sure. 
I mean, especially um, if you're someone with no armor, right? I mean, yeah. considering that, like, especially if you want some, it's it's, it's a nice possibility that previously but, would have been totally off the table. But most spellcasters wouldn't almost wouldn't dare. No, ever they, they take think a plus about, two in their stat or a yeah, warcaster or something exactly. like that. Exactly, like lightly armored is like way down. I bet the list. I, if there was a survey done, nobody picks it, takes it. Sure, nice idea, but really, and you also, you also get a plus one to either your strength or dex, which again to those players is so like why why yeah what um well it could be a good the answer to that could be if it bumps your decks just enough that you suddenly get pick up a plus one on your ac plus you've got light armor on now or an additional plus one of some sort sure sure you can suddenly you're suddenly you're you know going to be feeling a little bit tougher yeah yeah um when you throw up you know shield or um silvery barbs (laughs) okay okay We'll, we'll get into the, some of the spells and nitty-gritty of Strixhaven in another episode, maybe once we're more aware and we can talk a little bit sure. about that stuff. But, but there are some Strixhaven ones here as well. True, true. Which, you know, is a, the reason we kind of... I started thinking about this is because the Strixhaven ones that are in here right now... Give you a feat. They seem very Strixhaven. Right, right. Um, and if we were to take the word Strixhaven and just basically use it as a code word that means uh magic school right like and and i don't just mean like school of magic like wizards go to but you are attending an actual in-game or have attended somehow or plan to attend or planned to attend or maybe dropped out of some school where people go to study magic program to study magic those schools exist in alexandria they exist in faerun they exist in eberron right all these campaign settings have places where people are studying magic well then also if there is no magic school consider talking to your dm like in this situation could there be like an apprenticeship type situation where i learned magic like that that kind of idea exactly so it's it it sort of gives your wizard especially if you wanted to play a lower lower level one um or sorcerer trying to a find bit the source of the powers a, or focus yeah, it or yeah, whatever, right? Anybody. Like, in fact, and again, even even just saying, well, I picked some of this stuff up because I went to a good school is fair enough. Well, I think it presupposes a magical history. Yeah. Like that before, like some characters in game, they've only begun their journeys of magic and they've only just begun learning it. Where some characters are like, oh, I've already been studying it for some time. And that almost then just makes sense rather than yeah. cloistered scholar or hermit, right? So again, uh, how would you end up with Strixhaven Initiate? Um, in the the current way that it's set up, they actually give it to you in, if you're playing Strixhaven setting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, they defeat you mean? Yeah. If you take any of these five backgrounds, which is the students from the five different houses or schools or whatever they call it, right? Um, colleges, whatever it might be, um, they give you those things that sort of make you focus into that, but also the lore hold, uh, sorry, um, Strixhaven initiate feat, um, which essentially is if you are a spellcaster, um, suddenly you're, you're very, or even if you're not, you get some fun spells. Yeah, um, so you in, get to choose. Magic. You get to choose which college you are coming from, right? And then sure. depending... Well, really, you just think about it kind of like what kind of style yeah, of magic. Yeah, depending like, what you do, you, you might get, sure. like, Lorehold picks up Lightsaker, Flame, Thaumaturgy, so uh, Prismari knowledge. picks up Fireball, Presentation, but Ray of Frost. think about it more of like... Plus, what, they also pick up, what, okay. either a first-level a first level cleric or wizard, uh, in the case of Lorehold, or a first-level bard or sorcerer, depending what school you're on, which you get to pick from a couple other lists, right? Yeah, well, the main um, thing is, like, don't think about it, like, the literal spells you get, more about, like, why, like, what's the studying, like, what's the sort of the the vibe of the school, because Lorehold is, like, history. Sure. Prismari is, like, elemental, dancey, 
artsy. But if we're if we've taken it, if we take if we pull this out of the Strixhaven setting, that's what though, I mean. That's what I'm saying. So those things, yeah, kind of fall apart a little bit, and you need to replace the. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You're replacing each of those words with kind of a more of a, you know, area field of study. Sure. Um, I mean, Quandrix is like math more mathematical somehow. I I think um, Silverquill is very barred like in, in ways controlling like. But they've also got sort of like shadowy darkness to them, and then Wither Bloom being very almost like quite witchy. Like if I were to make a witch, I'd almost take Wither Bloom student as the background yeah. if my DM would let me. I mean. Think about it. Free nature survival, herbalism kit, language, um, take infernal, you know, or whatever. But, you know, or, and then how how would it affect you? Do you think it would, and how do you think it would affect the game if we were playing outside this, you know, Strixhaven, uh, you know, universe? Sure. Any old homebrew setting, and you let you know anybody who's you know playing a wizard or a warlock or warlock would it be a warlock as well or just wizards for this? You think for what? Who would get this? Who could choose to take this as a starting background feat? Well, why wouldn't anyone be able to? Well, that's even crazier, right? Oh my gosh! What if my barbarian takes it? Yeah, why not? Because when they're not raging, they could cast spells. Cast spells. Sure. I mean, it's it's again thinking about the character, right? I mean, then like, what am I thinking of? Like in this situation, why do they maybe, know these spells? Maybe they maybe they did try to go to magic school, but their anger was like at such an issue that they just couldn't attend anymore. Or got, much like, spookier, expelled. again, forget the magic school. I tried researching into the past, but the spirits whispered something dark to me, and now there's this deep rage and in strength and yeah. in insanity that they inspire in me. And I know these spells and these magics, but and maybe sometimes you're, you take it's too spirit much, guardian too after bear, that, and they you know? just you're just haunted um, instead all the way through sure it, it's really built for casters because you only really feel the full benefits if you have the spell casting or packed magic feature um so you would want to have that going right. in um be a warlock or like a even like a half caster or full caster or quarter caster yeah some bards and things caster, would be fun in this even arcane tricksters would benefit from this yeah. um down the line eldritch knights people like that would still find some use in this feat but um again you'd you'd be you're you're yeah it's it's it, you'd only really benefit down the line especially if you're a third caster because a lot of these you'd never end up seeing um you'd want to be a full caster to really reap the benefits of this feat um but there's some cool stuff i mean like if you really want to be that researcher side there's the comprehend languages identify borrowed knowledge locate objects from lore hold you know if you want to be that sort of elemental thing but your class doesn't typically give that to you suddenly you you've now got thunder wave and chromatic orb and flaming sphere and haste and wall and this of fire is so much better than things. you know the pre-existing um magic initiate right oh sure now, does it bother you that we kind of, you know, they've created something that really poops all over? Like, if, well, it doesn't really, because this like, is could, a lot more restraining. Could you, if I said, well, everybody's allowed to take two, two feats to start with, could you take both Strixhaven Initiate and Magic Initiate? Why not? I mean, that's that's your choice, So right? in addition, you'd, you'd have two extra first-level spells and, uh, like, five more cantrips or something than normal. Well, four more, but... Well, don't you get three from Strict Saving? You only get two of the three. Oh, two of the three. Okay, so four more. Still four more cantrips. That's it's significant. But it's, again, that's that what makes you've you quite a well-rounded with. caster. The I thing tell about you. the thing about magic initiate, though, you can't pick from like you can't choose what skill you use. Um, like you can't choose intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. Um, and it's less flexible with choosing cleric or wizard, bard or sorcerer, that sort of thing. Um, the cantrips are a lot more restricting. Like it forces you into a cantrip where magic initiate is like any cantrip from this class, which yeah. is a lot nicer in some ways. Um, so there's ups and downs, and 
for both, I mean, I would allow it at the end of the day. Like, if this is the system we're running with and people want to do that, then I don't really see the issue, right? But if like, you... This is the way if, they've gone. Yeah, I mean, if... On the other hand, if we were playing it more strict and I'm like, okay, you can take any feat you want at fourth level, even the Strixhaven one, would you choose this when you reach fourth level? Again, it's like, does the DM allow it? Yeah, yeah. if I allow okay, it. Okay, sure. Well, is my character into any of these schools? Is my wizard really into sort of the researchy side of like history? It's and two more cantrips and another first and... level spell. I mean, it's... Yeah, at that point, it's would... really only good at the beginning of the game. I mean, at this point, would I want any of this? I'd rather just take Magic Initiate Wizard, no? If I'm doing this anyways, like... I mean, you know, I guess the, the one advantage is that I could take something outside of my normal yeah. class like you that could, is now giving me... That I can use with intelligence, right? You could pick up, yeah, something... Like with Witherbloom, for example, if I were to invest in that school, which re reflavors whatever, now I've got, you know, Druidcraft, Spare the Dying, and Cure Wounds, all those intelligence spells, which I'm very happy about as my little wizard, right? Um, yeah. There's things like that that it's like okay, well, my wizard's more medicine-y now, and they're now studying the human body, especially as like a necromancer having some healing stuff just makes sense. You know? And it could be really helpful if your party doesn't have much in the way of healers, or sure. you need a second healer for sure to sort of find a way to round out. But then you know you could also just as easily take the healer feat. Well, that's not very magical, is no, it? No, but gosh, it's, it's better than any magical healing there is. <laughs> I, I, for those just, in the, out there who don't okay, know, okay, well, we've got an episode about that. <laughs> You really should look at the, don't sleep on the healer feet. It is totally worth it. Speaking of feats, sure, there's the healer feet. But even perhaps more epic, I mean, I've only started thinking about this because I have players that are now exceeding 20th level um, and a player that would have hit level 21. What do you mean exceeding? There's no exceeding 20th well, level. Well, there is potentially exceeding. It's um, dumb. An interesting example of epic boons where player's 20th level, they've reached enough XP or whatever system you're using to level them up to 21, and now they get an epic boon. Well, can't you guys just end the campaign? Well, I'm getting close, but it happened, right? All Where right. through whatever thing, one player was higher level than everyone else, uh -huh. everyone else leveled up to 20, and they're like, well, what do I do? Do I just get nothing? And I'm like, well, I've, I've always wanted to see someone get an epic boon. Um, yeah. well, which, been, again, I've, is one of those toolbox things things that I've never ever come up to people that don't need to get to 20th level first epic man. boons though epic boons yeah, like right. the the epic boons because these some of these are pretty pretty cool crazy they're cool. better than feats oh they're like supercharged feats yeah which is almost then inspires me now that we've had this discussion like i wonder like what kind of like what would the results be if first level characters you let all of them pick an epic, epic boon, boon. Wow. Like suddenly, like that's the story. You've been given this immense well, power. That's interesting you say that. So often we look at first level characters as like little weenie noobs who don't know what they're doing, starting off sure. in the world, and we have to role play this. But this isn't. That's weird for like veteran. You get a table full of veteran players who've played a bunch of times. Why do I keep making these people go back and pretend that they don't know what the hell they're doing? Well, so that they can face a challenge. Yeah. Okay. Let's say though that you're first level, or maybe we start at third, just for fun. Right. Um. And again, what I'm suggesting at this the experience point is that, you know, you're a little rookie, rough around the edges, maybe haven't been adventuring a while. Maybe you don't, aren't all that young. Maybe all of you are old vets who just, you know, are coming out of retirement. And it's going to take, you know, a few sessions, a few days, a couple of weeks for you guys to start amping up your skills. But one way to sort of start them off feeling more heroic would be to have that epic boon while they're at third level. And there's the, I mean, there's that, which is a cool side of things. So like what those would it, veterans be an example of an epic boon? 
Oh, well, there's many epic boons. What are you feeling? Martial spellcasting? Yeah, uh, my fighter. Your fighter. Well, there's the boon of combat prowess, which when you miss with a melee attack, you can choose to hit instead once per short rest. <laughs> you just choose to hit. Just choose to hit. That's fun. Other things let me misty step. Um, and that's also, that really does lot. sort of speak to somebody who is like, well, like a retired vet. Sure. You know, like they're sort of like, you know, okay, uh, maybe I'm like missing a little bit, but then they do like this little trick where they like, oh, did you think I did that? No, it was the psych out and switches, switches their blade over and pulls it back to the direction, slicing the throat of the creature that yeah, thought it dodged them. One. And that's sort of like, I like that idea of somehow like speaking to sort of a bunch of sort of older characters who are, you know, trying to shake the rust off and yeah, and go back and save something or, you know, get back on the road again. There's Boons of Fate, which let you uh, reapply 10 bonus or penalty to rolls on ability checks, attacks, and saves. Um, things that increase your maximum hit points by 40. Um, gives you uh, one ninth level spell slot, provided you already have one, so two ninth level spell slots in one day. Um, boons of Immortality, where you stop aging and you don't die from old age. Uh, boon of Invincibility, where whenever you take damage, you can reduce it to zero. Um, things where you can just bypass resistances of all creatures. I'm just going to reduce that damage to nothing. Yeah, once for short rest. Um, boons of Luck, where you can give yourself a bonus to, uh, with a d10 once for short rest. Advantage on saves against spells, plus 20 to ranged attack rolls. Um, immunity to all diseases and poisons. I sort of feel um, like plane shifting. these things are so big that I would be like, okay, so I'm just going to like throw caution to the wind and really throw a heavily lopsided encounter at them yeah right because you know if you throw a big big monster at regular third level players you'd be like oh i'm gonna kill somebody by accident today um but in this to be like mm, no nah, there's a good chance that they've got some sort of cool epic boon or if i've given them a couple extra feats or whatever that they're gonna pull something amazing out that saves them or one of their their friends in that clutch moment um as long as the action economy is stacked in their favor, they should come out ahead of things that even if they've got more HP and do more damage than they do. That yeah. But like, what it, consider what does it mean giving a, a party of like first or fourth level characters all an epic boon, right? Yeah. Like this could even it just be like playing just, a heroic campaign. Exactly. Like you're going it, just, in, it just means that in those big fights, they're going to be able to pull off something yeah. a lot bigger. So, you know? I mean, some of them you typically they're that. like probably only going to be doing, they're, they're going to pace themselves so they're doing one big fight per short rest mm. um you know and that's that'll be enough for them to keep using that epic, bo epic boon every time sure. um there's things that give like stealth bonuses true sight um you can automatically free yourself from grapples yeah um well the other thing you know as, as we're talking about you know just as we're putting saying you know hey what if we put epic boons in the in the characters i also just think you know just the backgrounds themselves need to be treated like, not like epic boons but like no but they should be like sure. they should be real character features that they can really tap into sure um and the problem is that a lot of this, those things don't really sit mechanically like they just sort of say oh well they're very if you're role in, playing we can f tend to forget about them i feel yeah um but you really gotta be able to call on them and say yeah I can do this thing. And it's every bit as legit as saying, oh yeah, I've got this epic boon that reduces zero, my damage is zero. Um, you know, or every bit as real as, you know, my ability scores are. Yeah. yeah so, um, there's another one from Strixhaven though. I was wondering, 
how we might flavor it back into uh mm? into the real any oh, uh, extra extra right uh, out, extracurricular sure. campaigns outside the curriculum of chaos um there's a new one called Strixhaven mascot i think it's dumb i think it's great no. i think it's dumb um it does say you have to be fourth level as and a prerequisite you should feed already um so it's kind of saying okay you need to be kind of magic to pull this off you need to be a part of the school and already whatever okay right? but each of these mascots that you can summon and basically you're basically it's it's a kind of a tweaked version of find familiar right so it, it sure. starts by saying you cast the find familiar but your familiar can now take on one of you know the five new forms right is it five yeah yes um and so these five forms aren't terribly tough they're just still one quarter CR, right? They're not mm-hmm. that big a deal, but they're kind of fun, right? You've got, you know, you've got constructs, uh, elementals, uh, oozes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a tiny monstrosity. That one's tiny, not sort of, but some of them, are they all tiny? Some of them are bigger. One's a small. There's one, there's medium. Small and the, yeah, the, the spirit statue is a medium construct, which is crazy because I don't think there's any other medium familiars that you can summon no no this would be the the only one there's some and i don't even know about small if there is no, another, there's plenty of small yeah are there other small versions yeah there's plenty of smalls um so kind of a fun idea though suddenly i'm like whoa i've got a medium construct cast in large and i can ride it Yeehaw. yeah crazy um or if i'm already a small creature i could ride the medium one sure um well i mean it's you know it's medium construct any alignment i don't know again if it has to then be bipedal or could it be quadrupedal who knows but it's it's no big deal it's like armor class 14 26 hit points uh but it does have a few skills again i well it does i I believe you can attack with them well that's just it the the problem is the thing kind of the thing is though they don't actually have a lot to attack with some of them have some pretty pretty cool stuff because usually familiars can't attack at all unless you're a special warlock um, or a special thing so like the spirit statue one has got a slam attack sure plus the, four to hit oh it's also got something called death burst which is when, it when it's reduced it. to zero it explodes that's fun. fun um and counts of the past twice per day the arc yeah. elemental's got plenty so so yeah the idea is that you uh give up one of your attack actions and it can make an attack as its reaction um, in, in, instead. Which, again, for melee fighting, um, and you're, if you're a squishy wizard and you want to get in there and throw some punches, save your spells or whatever, um, that can be fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, and I don't see why these things have to continue to be called mascots, frankly. Sure. This is just kind of a feat that boosts Find Familiar. I don't know. I'm not. I, I think the prerequisites to it and the well, you have just be a fourth level. You have to be a fourth level wizard to pull it off. I mean, it can take the form of one of the associated things from the thing you chose, right? And so, if you are a lower hold, you got to take the spirit statue again. And a more flexible DM might change that, but some of these are more convincing than others. Um, to me, I don't know. Some of it, like what 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 are we doing with the fractal mascot? What's the, what's the deal with this? You know, I don't know. Some of it I'd be a little weirded out by, and like I feel like some are harder to justify than others. But I don't know. There's some cool stuff. To me, it 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 
my brain sort of struggles a little bit to try and justify some of this, like a pest mascot, if we call it like whatever sort of like insecty thing that you want to do. I don't mind, right? That's sort of got a spiny back to it, sort of a bite thing it can do. Well, really we find mind. though a lot of the things that we're summoning these days are essentially temp like they're kind of amorphous templates that you can sure. you yourself as a player flavor however you want to flavor it you can shape it into the thing that matches up with your character right that gives right. you you know this companion that you summon that makes sense um with your character so i think these are just you know five more of those templates that you can muck around with yeah, um, yeah. and have some variety totally that i mean find familiar gets a bit boring after a while like you know everybody's pretty much seen every bat cat crab frog hawk lizard octopus owl poisonous snake quipper fish rat raven sure. seahorse spider actually i i take it back i have never seen anybody with a quipper fish familiar <laughs> no no i mean well again water campaign thing i guess i suppose or you just have it in a fishbowl yeah i don't know well you say yeah because it doesn't make much sense but what if it sat on your like on the desk at the entranceway of your wizardy tower <laughs> and you can see oh. through it right i guess be but it would all be like fisheye fishbowl distorted effects you can't just be anywhere and look through it it's gotta be like 100 feet yeah but my tower's not that big oh uh, sure i don't know i mean it's, it's a cute idea like a little goldfish a little fishbowl like you get this fisheye effect of like when you look at people Seeing in the tank if you look like <laughs> people tapping on the tank alerts the the goldfish to you yeah it's mm. cute um anyways you know those things are you know they're they're sort of the standard ones and and this only just adds another few wacky things to it i mean the biggest change of course is the idea of having a medium-sized it says spirit statue but i mean gosh it could be you could flavor that almost into anything yeah. Uh, sure. So, I mean, yeah, I think I think these templates are great. They're sort of nice blank know. spaces for for wizards to. You can also swap spots with your your. New oh yeah, that's the well. other thing. That's, the other that's thing. huge, right? This idea sure. that you can do that whole sixty foot away teleporty. Um, you say that like you come here, I go there, sort of thing. Right. Uh, that's great. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know. This to me is less convincing, given all the prerequisites and the. Like the way to have to stretch it, it to me is less convincing. But um, if a player wanted to and they had a good case, I mean, I'd allow it at the end of the day. But that's the sort of the, the thing I've sort of felt with Strixhaven. There's a lot of like um, too much branding. I feel over yeah, everything. But we've we've seen that again. We saw that with Ravnica when it first came out, um, almost to a point where a lot of us like who were not following Magic: The Gathering or what was going on in that space. Sure. I was a lot of like okay. I don't know what all these factions are. I don't know what all this stuff is about. And because I don't know it, I'm just going to ignore it. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to do the same with Strixhaven, frankly. Yeah. I think a lot of people are just going to look at this stuff and just go, yep, nope, not in my game. I just don't understand why it's there or what it's doing. So, uh, and in fact, you're not even going to see the feat unless you buy the Strixhaven books and stuff. So if, if you're using D&D Beyond. So I think a lot of people are... Uh, are going to be oblivious to these for a while. Mm. Yeah. Likely. They might start showing up in online games. You know, maybe. you start I mean, seeing I see some, some actual appearing, play with like, it. 
I hope Silvery Barb doesn't appear. Yeah. Um, so can I, well, John is bad. We'll, we'll, mention, we'll get into we'll get into them later. We'll get right. into them bit by bit later. But but yeah, sometimes introducing new spells to a game is is difficult. Sure. Um, you think it would be easier, but and I you know I can think of so many spells that we need yet we don't get. And anyways, yeah, that's another that's a discussion whole together. Another episode <laughs> of mm. all the spells that are missing from D and D true i mean i'm looking i've been looking through some backgrounds right now and like trying to think like like acolytes shelter of the faithful you know yeah. that's could that be a feat could that be a feat i don't know like because it's like if you included a little bit of a it needs more mechanics is the thing because the way feats work is they're entirely like people are nicer to you if you're in a certain area right yeah a lot of the background features are basically like if you're in this sort of space you're going to get what but, you want Okay, but there is mechanics for that, though, right? Sure. There is, There are tables sure. that people often ignore when it comes to social interaction. Right. Um, and we basically just think, okay, we'll just roll the dice and we'll see what happens. But I'm like, no, 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 I got a feature for this. Like, if I'm rolling the dice, I'm not rolling on the normal table like everybody else would. I'm already on the better table than the, you know, because there's the indifferent hostile or friendly tables right and if everybody's normally on an indifferent table and you've got a background that somehow says no this is your jam well now you're definitely on the friendly table and so you know the what your outcomes are going to be different depending what your you you roll with your charisma check um and even the dc should be different if you've got if you're if it's your jam yeah true you know everything should be a little bit easier for you to accomplish yeah, I mean, like reading this, like this, Shoulder of the Faithful essentially is um, free heal. You and your companions can expect to receive free healing and care provided, like at temples and shrines, at your faith, right? Presence of your faith. Then you must provide material components. Also, those who share your religion will support you, but only you in a modest lifestyle, not just at temples and things. But you come across another follower of the traveler. If you're a new listener, I once made a, I once made a, uh, Bard. a fake cleric mm. uh, a bard who took this as their background and then in the city they were in managed to lie and cheat their way into a number of different temples and have them all supporting him at a modest lifestyle which actually meant that he got to live as a wealthy lifestyle yeah but he had to keep it secret and that you get free healing wherever you want yeah you also do it nice. you have to do a lot of like preaching in a lot of different places mm. in a lot of different voices creative use of prestigitation to make little yeah he religious, had little, symbols. Like, religious symbols that you can like it's cool yeah um but yeah it's i think there's i think this like that was a particularly one where i was sitting reading through backgrounds and saying hey this looks like a really interesting feature to exploit and i think that's what people like do when they build characters right they read into the rules or exploit maybe being maybe this place <laughs> not the rule but you know utilize like we want to be able to take this thing that's in the rules Sure. and say oh i have a fun interesting way i want to flip that around and use it in gameplay mm. and and i think there's a lot of original uses out there for things i see it amongst other players i play with all the time coming up with like ideas for 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 feats and spells that i would never have thought of um i just think backgrounds get left out a bit yeah you know they don't get as much love as they should yeah for sure i mean you think about all these things like 
even things like i mean didn't you in the past take things like an archaeologist anthropologist something like that yeah those are fun i mean when you like then you start thinking again it's that sort of thing where you get it and you start thinking how could i use this right yeah when i in the game i often every time we end up going into some temple or whatever i say oh i know what this is but then i'm always still asked to make rolls and checks and things and i'm a bit like yeah well, ever anybody could have done that. My, where, how did my archaeologist background help me at all here? Right. Um, well, especially if they force you to roll, and like then what's the point here? Anyone could have rolled, right? Yeah. And it's like background is like no, I can correctly ascertain the original purpose. Yeah. And determine I, its builders. I, I can just do this. I don't even need to roll. It just I just know the answer to this. I just know the answer from historical knowledge. You know, things like that. that but the DM often doesn't want to reveal sure. too much. But that's like, well, too bad. <laughs> well, again, too bad being like, we're not revealing like key story stuff. We're giving valuable information. Like, yeah. who, what DM is going to be like super cryptic about who made this? It's like you come through instantly. You've seen this before. You know this is yeah. classic old uh, Kuatoa. Where they, it's so, so far it's been elf. But, designs yeah. and um, all sorts of like, I don't know, like, this is like pretty old or actually maybe even pretty new right kind of like not super rigid weird damp yeah this is giving kuatoa vibes for sure train vibes maybe um i don't know i think i think it's it's just something to if right now no rule change keep an eye on it you know look at your character's sheet right now what is their background what is their background feature write it down think about how in an upcoming session you can use it or ask your dm right now is there a way that we could make this a part of the game and if you're a DM, start thinking like Oprah Winfrey. You get a feat, you get a feat, you get a feat, you get a feat. Yeah, everybody if you're gets a campaign, feats. give everyone like a feat or two, see what it does. Suddenly everyone's got a really clear idea of what they want their character yeah, to look like and be. And defines their character up a little bit more. Sure, and gives them more stuff that they can do. And to be honest, at low level, it helps you as a DM because it's going to buff their characters a little bit so that you don't have to keep wheeling out just the weeniest of monsters. You can mm. up your CR game earlier. Um, you can add more baddies to a combat encounter. You can make the threat a little bit more like real, um, which the players will appreciate if they're more, if they've played for a while as well, sure. to the sense of, oh my, we're facing, we're facing some tougher things right now. Mm. And then of course their success will feel even that much better. Yeah, and then when they do get to pull that free healing at the t local temple, they'll feel great. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah, I'm glad I'm a cleric. This is like half the reason, you know? Yeah, like that's, a, I suppose, the thing, you know, uh, you know, responsibility of the DM. Stop and look at all the characters' uh, background features. Right now. If Again, inversely, if you're a DM, look at all your players' backgrounds right now. Do they have a background? they don't if they don't have a background ask them what's their background pick a background yeah. you know if they do have a background think okay what's their feature here how can i remind this to the, of like remind them of this and, and get them and to pull you on can this, you be know? proactive as a player you know sure, you can always sure. message your dm copy and paste some stuff and say hey send them this podcast you episode. know exactly or just remind them this is my background features things i can do um you know is there a way that we can work sure. this into the game more their answer will be yes um Sometimes, you know, the, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And look, DMs have a lot of stuff that they're prepping and trying to think about. Mm. Um, and often your your character will get, you know, won't get the love that it should. But a good DM will recognize immediately that your character's background, their bonds, their flaws are actually key parts to mm. the story. How you got there, why you're there, the things that motivate your character need to be woven in. 
Um, otherwise, the, the campaign's going to feel very two-dimensional. True. All right, folks, thanks for joining us in this little discussion, sort of shotgun blast of feats and backgrounds and some Strixhaven stuff and some epic boons and things you can do to really make D&D a little bit more customizable, but also a little bit more real in some ways as well. Yeah. Um, up the challenge if you're with familiar players. Take the luck, um, the, the both luck and oh bountiful God, luck. Oh, no. <laughs> well, if you're a halfling, why not? Yeah. Take second chance as well. Yeah, just take, take everything. Just re-roll every dice you can. God damn. Take silvery barbs. Yeah. God. And we will be back. We'll be back we'll to back. talk about we'll all the silvery but barbs. But we're actually coming up on Christmas. So before maybe we, we bah humbug a lot of things, um, sure. I think we'll probably do some... Yeah. What to, get, what to get to get your yeah what to get your pc what's on the which, catalog what your player characters are going to want for christmas in increasingly i'm thinking custom items but that's oh, well, maybe a we'll talk a little discussion. we'll talk about that next week um, all right folks see you around bye bye